Hello, this is Football Anya's top 30 Dutch team talents with me, Michael Statham, and I'm joined by website founder, Michael Bell. Now, we've put this top 30 list up on the website already, but this is another way for you to get uh, your player profiles and also a way of seeing why we put players in a particular order. Um, before we start, if you like us doing this kind of content, make sure to give it a like, whether you're listening via SoundCloud, YouTube or iTunes. Um, and why not comment? Who do you think is the most exciting Dutch football talent around at the moment? It's time we brought Mike into this. Uh, hi, Mike. Hope you're doing well. Um, we're going to talk about each player, aren't we? Uh, but we'll spend more time talking about the sort of top 10 or top 15. When you were drawing this list up, though, did, like, did anything surprise you about the talents on offer at the minute in the Netherlands? And was there an overload, perhaps, of a particular position? Yeah, I think um, we always talk about it. The Netherlands is such a, a hotbed for young talent and yeah making a list and keeping it to 30 was actually more difficult than what i thought it was going to be Um easily could have went top 50 uh but we didn't want to include a couple that might not be as talented as the rest of them or to keep it short to 30. it's just our opinion so i mean there's a few that will miss out and i'm sure we'll get comments from fans that of each club like ajax feynord saying that why isn't this player and there why isn't this player and um you know it's something that we'll look to do yearly there might be some that miss out this year then It'll be in next year, but it's just our opinion. And um, yeah, there's quite a lot of not a lot of goalkeepers that we've added to us, not added any um, at all. It's a difficult position when your players are that young, I think, to, to include them in the top right list. But there's a lot of attacking midfielders and strikers, which is which is great um, because they're, you know strikers are a problem position for Netherlands at the moment. And there's a few fullbacks as well, which could be breaking into the national team over the next few months. Um, when the season does actually get back into to contention. That is exciting news and perhaps not a surprise that we've got uh, so many attacking midfielders coming from the Netherlands and uh, full-backs as well. Often midfielders that have been put into those sort of wing-back positions that do so well in the Netherlands and in the Eredivisie and such. Without further ado, I think we should start our list and at number 30 we went for RZ's 16-year-old midfielder, Fedor de Jong. So we've got another de Jong coming, haven't we? Um, and he is a very skillful midfielder. I, I think that he's he's someone that's known for his passing. He could easily be someone who could have made like our top ten, though, for example, because he's that exciting, isn't he? Yeah, he's making a big splash for Netherlands under seventeens and he's Ed's under nineteen side at the moment. And you know what's exciting for me is that if AZ reached the Champions League next year, you know they're going to be in the UEFA Youth League, and this is a player that's going to hopefully light that competition on fire. Um, I think AZ's academy right now is the one to watch in the Netherlands and Fede de Jong is the next one that's probably off the production line. Um, yeah, it's another de Jong after Frankie and it's another midfielder that's got a very exciting future. Yeah, very exciting player indeed. 29, Mickey van der Ven. Volendam centre-back. Someone who's making a lot of appearances in the Erste Divisie, which... It is is a is a good place to develop because you can get a lot of games um, in your development before you can then make a move to the area of Now it's unlikely Volendam will get promoted, so it's important that um, Van der Ven makes a transfer to the area of isn't it, for next season? Yeah, it's it's very important for his development, and he's got all the big clubs chasing him at the moment. I know PSV, AZ, and Ajax are all having a look at him, so he's definitely one to watch out for in the future. He's been trained by X. I actually have coached with Ben Jonk, so he's very excited about him and uh, I think he's got a very bright future. At 28, we went for Ajax's Jurian Timber, or Jurian Timber, 
he is someone who's made his uh, debut already, hasn't he, for Ajax? And I remember watching him with the Netherlands under-17s um, when they won the Euros in 2018. And he was someone who I thought was quite um, agile and could easily have played at, well, he's a centre-back really, isn't he? But he, he can play full-back and I think he could play midfield as well. He's um, quite tenacious, I think. Yeah, he's just one of these Ajax centre-backs that's so comfortable on the ball. He can play in multiple positions. We've seen it with countless players in the past. And Timber's, you know, just one that's got a very bright future as well. And he's already made his debut in the first team. I think he did really well in that game against Herenveen. And I think next season we'll see a lot more of him. 27, um, Romano Postema, uh, the Groningen striker who's made some appearances for the first team already. He is he's a decent striker, isn't he? And I know that he's... He, he made a lot of impressions when he was playing for the youth teams, but so far with, with first-team football, not quite having the impact that we thought he might have done. Um, but that's not that's not to put him down, though, because he plays for Honingen and they're quite a defensive side. So he's having to do a lot of work, isn't he, for, for an 18-year-old? Yeah, um, I think that's why he's getting a lot of praise at the moment because his, his work rate is fantastic when he comes into the game. He's having to play a lot deeper and um, yeah, Groningen are not really a side right now that creates a lot of chances for the strikers so he's having a tough time and in front of goal he only gets maybe one or two chances a game and he's yet to score his first third of his goal but I'm sure that's going to come pretty soon because he's got a lot of talent. At 26 is Dirk Proper, and he is another one of those players in the Erste who's likely to make a transfer. He's already turned down some of the biggest clubs hasn't he in the Eredivisie and why, why is that? Do you think that he's just trying to do, do have a bit more development with, with NEC and perhaps seeing if they can get promoted to the Eredivisie. Um, because he's someone who, who as a, an attacking midfielder, could easily play for a mid-table Eredivisie side um, for next season. You know, someone like Twente are losing a lot of their attacking midfielders. Or equally, he could be playing for PSV. But I guess if you went to one of the biggest clubs, you'd end up being put in, the, in their second teams, which play in the same division as NEC anyway. Yeah, um, he's definitely taking a different route to the, to the top. You know, he's a regular for Netherlands under-17s, and that's strange when you play for a club like NSA, but he's got so much talent, and it's countless times he has turned down interest, especially from, from PSV Eindhoven. And I think he's done well to stay at NSA, and he's, he's getting game time regularly now um, in the first team, and I think that he will be ready for a step up. And I'd like to see him maybe at a club like Vitesse or, or Herenveen, because I think that he'll be... A regular for them in their division before he makes that big step up. At 25, uh, Yuri Rahir. Um, he is another 16-year-old in our list. We've got a lot of those younger teenagers lower down our list because we just don't know how good they're going to be. But a lot of excitement's coming for, for this young man and he's another midfielder in our list. Mike, what do you know about him? Yeah, 16. Um, already impressing for Netherlands under-17s. He's already in the young Ajax side, um, a regular there. And he scored countless goals for Ajax under-19s in the youth league this season. I think he's got five. Yeah, he's a very talented midfielder, excellent passer, dribbler. Can score goals, has a great shot on him from distance. Just a great all-rounder. And I think that he's got a very bright future for, for Ajax. And, you know, he's 16, he's already playing professional football. And you know, I wouldn't count out that he makes his first team debut early next season. 24 is Xavier Mboyamba. And he is a Barcelona centre-back. It's not unusual to have a Dutch talent playing for Barcelona. Um, someone who's a bit older this time, an 18-year-old. And I admit, I don't know too much about him, Mike. What's his background? Well, last season he made his breakthrough into the MVV 
first team um, played a handful of games for them in the second division and a lot of top clubs were looking at him. He's big, strong, tall for his age, really good ball playing centre back. Patrick Clivert, who's head of youth development at Barcelona, was scouting him a lot. Um, you know, they had competition from Chelsea, but Chelsea's transfer ban meant that, you know, Mbayambe had to go to, to Barcelona and he's already been training with the first team um, there. They see a big, bright future for him. He's under, he's in the under 19s right now, but he'll be moving up to Barcelona B team next year and then hopefully after that he'll make his first team debut but he's already an international under 19 level and yeah it's just a very exciting centre back to to keep an eye on. Admittedly I don't know too much about the uh, Dutch talents that play abroad and another one who plays Borussia Dortmund is Emmanuel Farai. Again who, who is he? Yeah he came through the Aza Alkmaar Academy and um, they were very excited about him but a couple of years ago he decided to make a move to Borussia Dortmund. Um, he's a creative attacking midfielder. Can play on the wings, can play at number 10. Um, his assist ratio for Dortmund's under-19s this season is, is excellent. And, you know, it's a club that gives youth a chance. And Farai is one that's constantly being pushed forward for being the next one that's going to be given their first-team debut. I think it will happen next season. And we'll just see how far he can go because, you know, you've got to like to... Sancho making an impact there, you know, Farai could be that type of player that comes in and, and makes a big big impact in the Bundesliga and then the next thing you know he's making his Netherlands debut, so he's just one to definitely watch in the next next season. Now the next one is someone who I, I know a fair bit about because I, I always kept my eye on him since I watched him with the Netherlands under 17s and that's Walter Berger. He is a final midfielder, 19 now, and he made his debut for Feyenoord this season in the Eredivisie. Uh, before making some appearances on loan with Excelsior, before we had to stop football, unfortunately, because of the coronavirus. He was doing all right in the Ursa Divisi, um, but not outstanding. I think that he'll need perhaps another season with uh, an Eredivisie club before he can play more regularly for Feyenoord. He's quite a tall midfielder. He can spray a pass around. Um, and He's got a decent shot on him too. I think what he'll want to do, though, is he wants to try and build up his defensive game because as a deep-line midfielder, he needs to take more responsibility for breaking down um, other teams attacking moves. Yeah, I was quite impressed with him um, earlier in the season when he was getting a chance under Yapstam. Um, I was quite surprised when Dick Advocat came in and immediately shipped him out on loan. But yeah, I agree, he needs some more experience. And um, a, a loan at an Eredivisie club next season would be perfect for his development because he probably needs one or two more years before he can be a top class midfielder for Feyenoord. And at 21, now, this guy has got a classic Dutch name, um, Dylan Hoogeverth, something like that, Hoogeverth. He's playing for Manchester United. We've seen uh, Taif Chong go, go there already, and perhaps his career didn't take off the way that we all thought it might have done. So what suggests to you then, Mike, about this guy that is a striker? What suggests to you that his step from the Ajax Academy uh, was the right one? And can he, can he succeed in England? Because so many talents so far haven't yeah i think he's taken a risk because he was so highly rated in the Ajax academy and they couldn't keep him manchester night suit from he went there he's, he's full of confidence and he's scoring goals for their under 19 side this year and he's already made his debut for under 23s and um, he scored some important goals in the youth cup and i know that they're very excited about him in, in manchester because they've just handed him his first professional contract it is a risk but i think he's got a lot of talent about him he's fast he can score goals he can play on the wing as well or for the middle. Um, yeah, I think he's got all the attributes to be a top-class striker, and I hope that 
he follows in the, the path of Rashford. And the other Manchester United followers are making a big impact right now, because they are giving Yip a chance under Solskjaer, and I think that Hugo if he stays there for another couple of years, will be the next one to, to break through. And, you know, I've seen some great Dutch players play for Manchester United in the past. You know, the Van Nistelrooy's and the Van Persies, and I'm sure they'd love another Dutch striker in to, to play for their first team. I think Hugo has a great chance. Uh, the next one on the list is Feyenoord's Banis. Now, here's one I'm quite excited about, and personally may have put higher up my list and I don't know about you guys um, watching listening to this because of course we all have agreements disagreements on our lists but Banis is someone who's, who's a really exciting striker um, and he's making appearances for Feyenoord already. Um, Mike what suggests to you though that that this Feyenoord youth striker won't be another flop because we've seen a quite a few youth strikers come through the final academy and then not make it to the first team. I could think of three examples already, I think, over the past sort of five years that we thought were going to come through, but didn't make it. Yeah, I think Feyenoord has been a club over the past couple of seasons. I've seen them give youth a chance at times and you think that a, a kid's going to make his breakthrough and then he just suddenly disappears. You know, you had Toure, Vente, um, Azarkan at the start of the season and Banis is another one. He was given a chance by Yapstam. Looked very really good, um, but now under Advocate, he's dropped back down to under 19s where he scores goals for fun. You know he's a regular goal scorer for them, but he wants that first team chance. And Advocate says he's not ready yet. It's tough because you know they've got Jorgensen there, and um, I can see Banis having to wait till maybe next season, the end of next season, to to get another chance. But I think he's got so much talent about him. Um, really quick, good finisher, strong good dribbler um, maybe even a loan to another Eredivisie club would do him well for next season because I think he's got a chance of being probably the best striker that Feyenoord have produced in, in recent years and in 19 and 18 are two Dutch uh, wonder kids who left PSV's youth academy to join um, England and Jaden Braff is in number 19 Manchester City uh, forward and Ian Martson who's now a Chelsea left back I mean, their youth teams. Mike, what what are your thoughts on the potential of these two? I think they both have immense potential. I think Braff right now he's, he's scoring so many goals for Manchester City's under twenty three side um, at a young age, and yeah, he can play on the wing, he can play for the middle. He's been excelling for everyone's under seventeens. Um, at the recent World Cup, he was a standout um, on the left hand side. I think that. He has so much potential, and he's already been talked about getting a Manchester United, Manchester City, sorry, um, first team debut next year under Pep Guardiola, because he is that good. And Matson, he's already made his Chelsea first team debut this season in the cup, um, and he's been on the bench several times for for Chelsea. I think again, Frank Lampard and other coaches come in and give the youth a chance, and, and Matson's the next one. He's a left back, um, Netherlands definitely done, but he can also play in the centre midfield as well. I've seen that for the Netherlands youth size, and he's definitely one that Chelsea fans are excited about. And he's going to make his Premier League debut over the next year. I'm 100% certain of that. Now, of course, a problem with players like that that go to England is that they just never seem to quite get their chance. And they, they are players that should be given a low move, perhaps to the Eredivisie, to get those games in. And fingers crossed that those talents can make it. Um, because there's always so much potential with with Dutch youth players, but then how many actually make it to those big clubs in the, at the end of their career? Well, in 17, 
for me, someone who's really going to make a lot more appearances going into next season is uh, Feyenoord's fullback Geert Trauder. He is a good player. He's very solid, and for so long, actually, I thought that maybe he wouldn't um, be that good of a fullback. But because he was a centre back before, his his sort of strengths aren't going forward. They are actually defensively, and that's probably something that the Netherlands are looking for as well. That that fullback who's going to be defensively reliable. And you never know that if he has a good season or two going forward, he could be easily within um, reach of a, of a Netherlands debut because he's such a good uh, such a good fullback. I think his his defensive sort of work rate is what what sets him apart and probably makes him a fan favourite with final fans as well. Yeah, um, coming through as always a centre-back in the youth teams and he's been deployed on the right-hand side. And he's done so well this season because, you know, Rick Carstorp came back from, from Roma unknown, but he's been out injured and Gertrude was given his chance by, by Advocat and he's not let him down at all. And, you know, Feyenoord have gone on this amazing unbeaten run and Gertrude can hold his head up high and say he's contributed a lot to that because his work rate and defensive ability on that right-hand side are, are great. If he can add more to his attacking side of his game, then he's going to be an excellent fullback going forward, and you know could potentially be one of the best in Europe if he adds more to his you know forward game because that's what's lacking at the moment. He doesn't really provide assists. His crossing isn't that great, but at the back he's he's excellent. Now in sixteen and fifteen, there are two Ajax academy players. How about I take sixteen, Mike? Because I've watched um, this guy play quite a lot, and you take fifteen, Kenneth Taylor. In 16 is Brian Brobby, um, big, strong striker, not someone who would, you would typically as, um, associate with Ajax's academy because he's a very different type of striker. Um, he's someone who is obviously a threat in the air with all that strength, but also he can hold off defenders really well and get some shots away. I think the frustration with Brobby is that he hasn't quite made that jump to uh, first-team football and 18 now he hasn't got too long left before Ajax perhaps don't give him that chance to do so um, because he's seen other players that are younger than him such as uh, Nacho Univar who we're going to talk a bit more about later make that that leap and yet he hasn't so I think that he'll be looking to try and do that next season um, to get his first team debut for Ajax it perhaps could be because he needs to add more to his game and maybe his strength set him apart at youth level where many of the players aren't as strong Maybe now he needs to develop other areas of his game before he's given that first team chance. And in 15, Kenneth Taylor. Yeah, Taylor is a player that I've watched for several years for Netherlands. You've said he's always been the captain in midfield because he's a leader on the pitch. Good defence midfielder, but he can also play going forward. He has so much aspect to his game, so much talent, so much technique. His passing ability, his tackling ability, his set piece taken. Um, he's it's an all around midfielder. He's only 17. But he's the next midfielder I can see making his debut for Ajax's first team because they've already seen Unavar and, and Haravenbech make it. And I think Taylor's the next one because, yeah, he's never present for the under-19s. He's always the one that is impressed and he's never present for everyone's under-17s at the Euros, at the World Cup. He's always one that stands out. And I think that Taylor has all the talent to, to reach the Ajax first team. And I think he's got to do it over the next year because, you know, there's... A few doubt, doubts over Ajax's defence midfielders are around right now, and I think that Taylor should be fast-tracked in there because I think that over the next few years he could be the one to hold that position down, and yeah, he'll be the next. I don't think he's as dynamic as Frankie De Jong, but he can definitely do a job that's better in there than, say, 
um, Martinez or anyone like that because I think that given that youth a chance over the next few years he could hold down that position and I think we should do the same again for 14 and 13 Mike in 14 is Motobuni he is an Arsenal attacking midfielder and with some of these big big talents leaving RZ in the next year or so you know that sort of Calvin Stengs um, and Idrissi on the other wing Motobuni is going to be one of those players who will want to take that chance in one of those positions he is a very exciting talent and perhaps perhaps the biggest one in Arsenal's academy right now. He's someone who takes players on. He um, creates chances. Yeah, he's one of those very technical um, attacking midfielders and definitely someone who fits into what the Netherlands youth system always tries to produce. Um, a very exciting player, in my opinion. And for number 13 is Jeremy Frimpong, um, a Celtic fullback. Yeah, Um I'll happily admit that I didn't really know much about Frimpong um, going into the season. He was at the Manchester City Academy. It's, it's strange for a, a player not to have played in, in Holland or come through a, a Dutch academy, but Frimpong's been in the Manchester City one since such a young age, and in the summer he decided to leave and join Celtic. And yeah, in Scotland, he's been an absolute revelation. His, his personality has really come through, and his attacking intent has made him a fan favourite at Celtic Park. Um, I know that they signed him with with the view that he was going to be a player that maybe came through in the next couple of years, but he's been so good for them that he's been fast-tracked into the first team and he's not let them down at all. And, you know, Netherlands, they're looking out for a top talent at right-back, and I think that Frimpong's one that can definitely break into Ronald Koeman's side over the next year. He's been so impressive for Celtic. And I know that, you know, a number of clubs will be watching watching them and maybe want to pinch Frimpong because he has been that good. You know, he's contributed goals, he's contributed assists at the back. He's been really, really good and he's got a really strong personality as well. I know that fans like him because he's a bit of a hothead as well. Um, so yeah, he's one that I'm very excited to see how he develops over the next year or two. Yeah, Celtic tends to do quite well with developing the young players and you can see him going on to perhaps move to the Premier League or something um, with the way that he plays. In number 12 is, is Kenzo Halmine someone that I've been keeping my eye on since he, again, was with the Netherlands in the 17s. He's someone who's made a lot, a lot of appearances for Young RZ, but not really been given too much of a chance with the first team yet. I don't know if there's a reason behind that. He, is, he has, of course, got a lot of competition in the RZ midfield. At the minute, it's a very settled team um, that's doing so well at the top of the Eredivisie. Equally, they like to give chances to young players, and Halmine hasn't really had his yet. I really hope he gets it next season. I think the issue with him at the moment is he's not someone who's uh, a vital a, sort of a player that creates goals or scores them. And he's also not someone who is known particularly for his defensive ability. So you've got someone who's a box box midfielder without having a real impact either end. And that's that's a big worry. But he is someone who's very technical uh, and definitely fits into the RZ style of play. So let's hope that he can either work on his game defensively and, or, more likely, uh, in an attacking way and make an impact with the first team in, in the coming years. And number 11 is definitely someone we can have a, a conversation about, Mike, because he's been so uh, well-known throughout his, his youth years, and that's um, Dacian Redan in number 11. What's your thoughts on him? For me, I think if we were doing this list maybe one or two years ago, um, Redan would have been top five. Um, because there was so much excitement around him when he was at Chelsea and he was scoring so many goals for Netherlands 
you've said he was such a, an exciting prospect. Um, I have to admit, I was very surprised when he decided to leave Chelsea. I thought he was nailed on to become you know, a starter for them and break into their first team and with the talent that he's got. And he went to, to Hereford Berlin. You know, he made maybe one or two appearances for their first team. But, you know, he was stuck in their under-19s and under-23 side as well. And um, I think he made the right decision in January. He went to Cronin, but as we've discussed before, it's a side that doesn't really suit strikers at the moment. And, you know, he's only played a handful of games so far, but he's not scored yet. And if he's, he does work for hard for the team and you can see the talents there, but he's just not getting the chances to, to score the goals. And, yeah, I think that it's great that he's getting first team appearances at the moment, but you know, I'm hoping that he develops over the next couple of years and to be the player that I thought he was going to be, because right now I think he's going to be one that over the next couple of years maybe slides down this list and then maybe doesn't reach the potential that does have, but right now I'm still very excited about him. I hope he starts scoring the goals for Hane when the season does actually get back underway and we'll see how he does for Hereford one next season because um, that's a club that you know, is not very going for a very good time at the moment in the Bundesliga they're changing coaches left, right and centre so you know he might have made a difficult move there, he might have made a wrong decision but yeah hopefully he gets a chance there in the next couple of years because he's a player that yeah I was two years ago I was so excited about same for me too. I thought he was going to be reaching the absolute top. We were talking about him making an Evelyn's debut because of a lack of striker options. And he still can't make make an impact with Hertha Berlin. And I'm sure they signed him to do that as well because we've seen in the past other players going to the Bundesliga and they've gone on to make a first team impact. Um, who's a player that I'm thinking about, Mike? That winger who, who, made a, who was making waves in Germany. Yeah, that's right. Um, Gerard Dilson, He He's he's doing well in Germany, injuries have held him back, but Radon was someone who I thought would go and do that, and he hasn't yet, which is a shame. I hope that his move to England early in his career didn't um, start the downward spiral. Again, I hope that he can get past uh, the frustration he's having at Groningen and learn some lessons, and who knows where he will be in future. Now the next one on this list, number 10, is certainly a controversial one, and I'm, I'm sure that it's Again, one that people would say, oh, he should be higher on this list. But at 16, very hard to say. But uh, Chavi Simons, or is it Chavi Simmons, Mike? Uh, I haven't heard his name said by a commentator yet. But he's someone who I've certainly seen a lot online in his teenage years. Uh, someone who w was with Barcelona's youth teams and now he's with PSG. What are your thoughts on this midfielder? Um, is he just a bit of an, an online social media superstar or is he actually a decent footballer as well now this is the the difficult question because yes for youth football and what i've seen in the past where he's coming through barcelona academy and what he's doing for netherlands under 16s and under 17s he is a very technical and very talented player who suits youth football well but is he going to be the one that makes a step up and becomes an absolute superstar which it's been expected of him and um, the worry for me is that you know he was so beloved in the, the Barcelona Academy a couple of years ago and everything was going so well he's he's, no, he's named after Xavi you think that he's nailed on to be you know, a Barcelona superstar for years to come um, and that's what they were expecting from him but then you know he, he, his agents Mino Rayo he changed to him and the next thing you know he's leaving Barcelona he's now in the PSG Academy um, a club that doesn't have an under-23 side anymore, doesn't have a reserve side. Um, 
you know, you've got to wonder how they managed to convince him to leave Barcelona. Have they asked? Have they told him that they're going to fast track him into the first team, which is what I hope. Um, maybe he'll make a couple of appearances in the French Cup next year. Um, yeah, but the way for me is that he is going to be one of these players that's, you know, he gets followers on Twitter and Instagram. He's over, you know, two million, but never actually makes a step up. He could be the Dutch equivalent of a, a Freddie Adu, you know, one that makes so much impact at youth football, but just doesn't ever make that step up. He's a very small player. He's, he's very slight. You know, right, right at the moment, if, would he be strong enough to make it in the, the modern game? we have to wait and see how he bulks up over the next couple of years. And yeah, it's one that I think has all the potential in the world. Um, he's probably a social media dream for a club, but you know, we need to wait and see if he can actually make that impact in first team football, which we don't know yet. Um, there were some reports in the summer when he did leave Barcelona that you know the club were not even that excited about him anymore and they weren't that devastated that he left. But you know, that could just be you know, them putting that out there because they didn't want to hide their, their disappointment. But we'll see in this couple of years if he makes his, his debut for the PSG because the way people talk about him, he should be banging on the door of the first team already. Yeah, and and I, I'm not so sure if a player that that age is going to be able to play for PSG's first team. And I, I wonder if he'll get a low move somewhere else and he'll either be found out or he'll go and excel and really prove himself ready for the, the PSG first team. That'll perhaps be his next move. Uh, and at number nine is an Ajax forward, Sancho Hansen. Is if you put someone this high in the list, Mike, then surely he must be someone who's very ready for the Ajax first team uh, in the next couple of years. Can he be someone who Ajax are, are depending on and could be that next um, first team player from, from the youth team? He's this high in our list. He's got to be good, right? Yeah, and he's already made a, a couple of appearances for the Ajax first team this season off the bench in the waiting games. We saw the Under-17 World Cup. He finished top goal scorer with six goals. He was immense in that competition. And, you know, you don't finish top score of a competition like that if you don't have some talent about you. And there's been some players that have come through that have had that impact in youth tournaments. And I think Hansen's one that, you know, Ajax are very excited about. We're going we're gonna to see him making a handful of appearances in the first team early next season as well. And we'll see him probably train with the first team over the summer. And if he can make an impact in pre-season, then there's no reason why he can't um, break into the first team on a, a full-time basis because... He's very dynamic. He can play on the wings. He can play for the middle. He's, he's so quick. He's got such great dribbling ability. He terrifies defenders at his level. And we've seen him making an impact for young Ajax as well this season. So, yeah, he's a great talent. And for me, he could even be higher in this list. He's, he's that good. But we'll put him at number nine. And you know, if we do this list again next year, maybe he'll be top top three because I think he has definitely the talent to become a, a Netherlands starting striker. And, yeah, what Netherlands maybe lacks at times is, is a bit of pace and I think Hansen's one that can definitely fast track into Ajax's first team and maybe see him making his Netherlands debut in the next couple of years because he'll be such a handful for defenders. And I think that's why he's a little lower down our list because a lot of the players that are now above um, Hansen on this list are players that are making first team appearances uh, for a lot of the bigger Dutch clubs but also our players that have gone and proven themselves somewhere else first. Uh, and But number eight is someone who perhaps hasn't gone on to do that yet, Ludovic Rice. He 
played quite a lot for, for Groningen in his final Eredivisie season before moving to Barcelona, but was making first-team appearances as an 18-year-old. But now, is he someone who's going to end up stalling his career by by playing in these Barcelona youth teams? Or do you think that Barcelona have seen a lot of potential in this young man and, and are probably going to be pushing him towards a first team in the next, in next year or two? I think it's always a worry um, because... You know, Reese was a first team player for Hunnan and he was impressing in the air division. You know, how often when he was playing for Hunnan and I thought he was a top talent. But, you know, there's got to be a reason why Barcelona acted so quickly. You know, last season, I think it was January or February that they announced the deal that they signed him for the summer. Um, you know, they got in ahead of the likes of Ajax, PSV, who are all sort of circling. I think he's such a talented defensive midfielder that I really do hope that, you know, he's, he is playing basically every game for Barcelona B this season um, and I hope that he does get fast-tracked into the first team over the next couple of years because there is a lot of talents that come through at Barcelona and end up getting loaned out constantly and then you know, end up at smaller Spanish clubs and I hope that doesn't happen to Reyes because I think he's he's been training regularly with you know, Barcelona first team. I hope he can learn from the likes of Frankie de Jong and, and Busquets to become a, a better player and he's already a, a regular for Netherlands under-21s at the moment. I think he's a player that could eventually break into the first team if he does make an impact at Barcelona or even if he does get a loan move out to, uh, I'm really hoping it's to a top division Spanish club um, so he can make an impact there and prove that he is ready for the Barcelona first team. It's going to be hard for him because you know, I think that club's going to sign him quite a few midfielders over the next couple of years and he's got Frankie de Jong ahead of him because he's going to be the one that takes over from Busquets. You know, it's going to be hard for Reese, but... He's got so much talent, I can see him either making an impact at Barcelona or going to another top club because, yeah, he's a very exciting prospect. Yeah, I always made him out to be a midfielder who was going to make it because he was so clever already at, at that young age, but also wasn't someone who was overhyped, perhaps, by coming through at the Ajax Academy. So it was really quite exciting to see him um, making an impact in the area of his E, but it's just a shame that he had to go and leave um, so early. And the next player on our list is uh, Mitchell Bucker uh, in at number seven. And it, he left the Ajax Academy, didn't he? And I think that was because at the time they had Tagliafico, didn't they? And they weren't going to be putting him in, a, in at left back. Because I think he used to be a midfielder, but then they decided he's going to be a left back. But it, he, he wants to move away, knowing that he wouldn't get his chance. And PSG were very keen. And it, it seems as though he's the sort of backup left back um, at the French team at the minute, uh, but he's hoping perhaps to make a breakthrough in the next season or two. Um, again, like a lot of these players, it's the next couple of years that are really, really vital for them. Um, but Bucker is 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 a already a very impressive fullback, and we're just waiting for him to get a chance, aren't we? Yeah, um, I thought he was going to be an Ajax, you know, first team player when he was coming through, and you know, there was a lot of excitement when he was playing for Ajax under 19s and. And young Ajax, but you know he's he's gone to PSG and he's already making first team appearances for them. We've seen three since the turn of the year, and I think if the season was still on at the moment, he would have made a handful more because he's been impressive for them when he is getting a chance. You know, he's so good going forward. He's so tall and strong at the back as well. He's he's very powerful left back, and he's one that over the next couple of years will hopefully make a, a huge impact for PSG because you know full back position is one that is a, a problem for, for Netherlands at left-back and right-back. 
and back as one of the ones that could make a, an impact in the future. Yeah, he seems like someone who is going to be able to fulfil his potential. Um, and again, that next year is really key. And now we're going to go back to someone who's only 16 years of age, um, Nacho Unovar, someone who uh, at the age of 14 was playing with the under-17s and, and now at the age of 16 was making his first team Ajax debut. He is thought of really, really highly. Uh, and, and he's a, such a skillful midfielder, isn't he, Mike? And there's so many YouTube reels you can find um, uh, just showing you how skillful he is. But that is also a danger because a lot of players who are in these really quite high-profile um, academies, particularly Ajax for the Netherlands, you can easily get sucked into watching how skillful a player is, but actually then not pay attention to how good he might be at first-team level. It's a very different, um, very different atmosphere, a very different place to play your football. But already, looks as if someone, someone is he could be destined for the top. Yeah, um, for me, he's got all the talent in the world. Um, you've seen him countless times for young Ajax this season, like producing world-class passes, some unbelievable assists that he's already got, and he's a type of player that you know your jaw drops watching him sometimes because you're just wondering how he's he's pulled off a pass or. How he's managed to skip away from a couple of defenders with just a feint of his body, you know. You know, the sad thing is he reminds me a lot of of Nuri when he first started coming through, and um, the two are very similar players. I think that Unavar is also quite similar to to Hakim Ziyech. You know, he's got that technical ability, that passing ability. Um, you can you can play in several different positions. And I think right now he's playing mostly on the the wing for for Young Ajax, and he's a player that's got so much ability and potential that. You already see him making his first team debut at 16 and you just wonder how how far he can go because this is one that if you're talking about world-class talents you know for his age group you know Univar is probably one of the best in the world at his age group at the position that he plays and you know, over the next couple of years if he's getting those first team Ajax appearances under his belt then he could be you know, potentially an absolute world-class talent and one that's going to go right to the top um, you know, first team appearances are going to be crucial over the next couple of years. He is only 16, but yeah, if he's already making his debut this season, he's only going to get more and more appearances over the next couple of years because Ajax fans absolutely love him and they want to see more of him. It's quite uh, exciting that you could end up with an Ajax midfield containing Jürgen Ekelenkamp, uh, Ryan Harvenberg and Nacho Univar. They're three players who all seem to be coming through at the same time. I know Ajax will want to have more experience than that midfield, and that could ultimately cause problems for these young midfielders if they're not going to be able to get the games. I think we should have a little discussion about that a bit later because there might be somebody else in that Ajax midfield in our uh, top five. And we're going to enter that now. Number five is Joshua Zerkze, someone who uh, is coming through at Bayern Munich's um, academy, but then was initially from their academy, but is now starting to give, be given that chance from the Bayern Munich bench. I think there was weren't there a few injuries, Mike, and he was given that chance uh, in the first team, and I think he took it, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, if you're talking about dream debuts in the Bundesliga, you know, Xerxes had it because he came on two games in a row late on, scoring crucial goals that led to, to victories for, for Bayern, and he's become a bit of a phenomenon in, in Germany. You know, he's made you know, five or six Bundesliga appearances now. He's scored three goals. He's he's now seen as you know the backup striker to to Lewandowski, and I think that the club are even holding off signing another striker next year because they see so much potential in in Zerksi being the backup to Lewandowski next year, and it, it's so exciting to have a striker that's 
producing and scoring goals for for one of the best teams in the world, and that's what Zerksy is. And it's it's so strange because he got a chance after you know, a handful of games for for Bayern's under twenty three side where he was struggling, he wasn't scoring any goals, and then he suddenly gets his first team appearances and he just he just grabs it with both hands. And he's he's got so much potential. He's tall, strong, good in the air, two footed, great direct. Dribbler, he's, he's fast, he's quick, he's everything that centre forward needs. And yeah, I think if the season was still going on now, he'd be scoring goals left, right, and centre for, for Bayern's first team. And yeah, you're talking about him being a potential starting striker for, for Netherlands at Euro 2020 if it went ahead, if you know, Memphis and Malin were, were out because he's, he's that good and he's that seen as such a, a high prospect right now in the, the Bayern Munich first team. And yeah, it's, it's great to see such a young Dutch talent having such a big impact. He just seems to have almost come out of nowhere. I know that we talked about him when he was 15, 16 as a, a, one of those exciting players that could be coming through uh, in the Netherlands youth teams. But then to have taken his first team chance um, by the scruff of the neck is magnificent. And yeah, I hope he continues with, with Bayern Munich's first team. And uh, perhaps even him and Lewandowski could just, he could learn so much from him. Um, perhaps we plays together with him. And now I think we should move to number four. Someone who is playing in England, but making waves, and is someone who could make his uh, first team sort of breakthrough soon. He has got a problem though, because he's got, um, he's got a very ex- exciting right back ahead of him. He's got Trent Alexander-Arnold in front of him. It's Kijana Herver. Now, he... He has made such an impact with the Netherlands in the 17s. He was an absolute star of that team that that made it to the lift that European trophy. And it also won again that did so well at the World Cup as well. He has had a, a few appearances already for the Liverpool first team. He's a very technical player. Again, like Alexander-Arnold, is someone who is excelling at fullback because of his technical abilities. He, he used to play centre-back as well but could easily push forward into midfield. I guess it depends what happens next with Alexander-Arnold. Now, this is a Dutch football podcast. I'm not going to get into what this other English fullback is going to be doing with his future. But ultimately, if he moves to midfield, say, then it gives Herver that chance. Because otherwise, his, his um, development is going to be stalled. But I think that he's ready for the first team already. Yeah. Um, Jürgen Klopp's a, a massive fan of him. Um, he keeps coming out saying how great there is but you know it's we need to see him getting first team chances and this is the frustrating thing for me he's so good and he's he's he plays for everyone's under 17s he's a standout and he's ready for first team football right now but you know when you see the Liverpool squad coming in and you know every week it's Alexander Arnold at right back and you know Hoover's not even on the bench um until you get to you know League Cup games FA Cup games where he gets a chance you know you're hoping that Klopp would maybe rotate a little bit with the you know, Premier League title basically in the bag, but he's, he's not really done that. You know, Alexander-Arnold's played most games and you're kind of just waiting for Hoover to get a chance now and maybe it's going to be a, a loan out next year. You know, I think if Liverpool made him available for a loan, you know, loads of Premier League clubs would be going in for him, loads of top European clubs would be going for because he's that good. You can play in, in most sides in the Premier League, but it's just that he's just waiting for that chance and... You know, Klopp can say how good he is constantly, but you know, you see him actually getting some, some minutes so he can actually prove that. And whether it be in the centre where he's played before, he can play alongside Van Dyke. 
or he can play on the, the right hand side of the fence. We just need to to get him fast tracked into some first team football because he's ready now and he's ready for potentially the Netherlands national team at right back. He just needs to get an opportunity. And that is again the frustration of playing with an English club having to develop that way. Because if he was playing for a PSV or a final right now, he'd be getting so many games uh, and then being picked up by a Liverpool, for example. And so I don't know what's going to happen with his next few years, but it just depends on how much football he can be given or perhaps a loan move away. Who knows? But either way, I can't see Alexander-Arnold moving clubs. So his, his development's going to be stalled if that, if that continues. Uh, at number three, again, someone who was playing with the Ajax's under 17s at just 14 years of age, Ryan Carvenberg. He is such an exciting midfielder, and he's not the same player as Frank de Jong, but he is someone who's going to sort of replace that excitement in the Ajax midfield. He is someone who's going to be playing first team football for the next two, three years with Ajax, and then he could be getting his move um, a step up, if you like. He's a much more physical midfielder than de Jong. De Jong was more technical. Kavenberg is also technical. Um, in fact, what sets him apart, I think, is how he can beat players and make a pass. Um, but his physical abilities make him a better defensive midfielder than De Jong was. That doesn't mean that he's a better prospect than De Jong, though. I still think that Frank De Jong is going to be the ultimate Dutch midfielder for the next five to ten years. But let's see what, what Kavenberg can do. To me, he, he strikes a similarity uh, to Richelieu Bazur. And Bazur had a lot of excitement around him for a long time before then uh, taking that step abroad too early and then wasting his um, talent. I think, though, that Havenberg has also got a better head on him as well. Um, I'd like to get your thoughts on this, Mike, because I, I think that he's quite a, an arrogant midfielder. I think that he... And, and you do need a bit of arrogance as a footballer, don't get me wrong, especially being an Ajax one. But then I think he... He looks a bit too confident with the fact that he's playing with Ajax first team at such a young age. And I hope that that's not then a bad personality trait because that could hinder his development in future. Yeah, for me, he's, he's another player that's got all the talent in the world. He's already playing regularly for Ajax at 17. He's, he's broken fully into Ten Hag's side this season and you know, I can't see him getting dropped anytime soon. He's, he's going to hold that position down for, for years to come if he keeps developing and... He's one that's already been linked with moves to the biggest clubs. Um, you know, recently Barcelona were said to be big admirers of him. Um, you know, Juventus have been linked in the past, and yeah, he's, he's excelling when he's playing. He's he's got so much technical abilities. He's a good dribbler. He's a good tackler. He's he can score goals. He can do basically anything in midfield. Um, but the only criticism I've seen of him is his attitude, and you know, sometimes he can maybe get a bit lazy in games, and that's the only worry. If he can. Maybe shake that off. You know, he's only 17. You can expect a little bit of arrogance if he's that young. And um, already playing for Ajax's first team, maybe it's gone to his head a little bit. But if um, you can get coached out of that, and hopefully the, the drumming into him that he needs to work hard because I think that's where it went wrong with Bazor. I think um, he had a bit too much attitude on him, and he didn't want to develop his game enough. And it's all gone wrong for him since. But I think that Travis Bitch is a, a much bigger prospect than he ever was and I can see him going straight to the top of the game and over the next couple of years he's got to be in Ajax in the field and let's just enjoy him because he is such a, a top prospect and he's one that's going to be part of you know the Netherlands national team in the next couple of years and he's got to be there for, for quite a while I think.
Yeah, having him and De Jong in that midfield could be so exciting because you've got someone who's defensively robust and then someone who's technically so brilliant next to each other. That could be brilliant stuff. Number two, I think, is someone who certainly has not uh, faltered in his attitude and is someone who has been such a focused, focused young man in his development so far is Myron Boadu, the RZ striker. He... He's, he was he was scoring so many goals for the youth teams for RZ uh, and the Netherlands youth teams, and he didn't end up having to even make many appearances for Young RZ um, in the Erste Divisie because he was just fast tracked to the first team. RZ could see the kind of player he was. Now I may have said this in the podcast in the past that I I didn't actually have that high hopes for him. I thought that he, having watched him up front um, in the stands, at RZ. He was quite one-dimensional and perhaps he relied a little bit too much on pace. Technically okay. But how wrong I've been. How wrong I've been. He's overcome two massive uh, long-term injuries in his career already at just 19. Let's hope that he doesn't get them again though and let's hope he's not prone to these kind of injuries. Because he's, he's just almost the complete forward already for RZ. He's so pivotal for how they do their build-up play. His finishing is excellent. He's not bad in the air as well. For someone who's not physically strong or perhaps that tall, um, yeah, I, I think he's someone who's going to be again reaching the top of the game and being an Netherlands uh, striker in no time at all. You're totally right. I've seen that in the past. You know, these players get hyped up when they're 15, 16, and, and Bordeaux was one that was always seen as a future star at such a young age, and you know sometimes they don't live up to potential, but has definitely done that so far. He's come into the is the first team he's been relied on as the first striker this season, and he's not let him down at all. Um, he's come so impressive that he's come back from two major injuries, and he's added more to his game than just pace this season. He's he is good in the air, and he's a good finisher. I think that's he's a good finisher, but I think that's the one area he needs to work on. He needs to take more of his chances that he gets. But he's scoring so many goals at the moment for AZ, and you know, I've seen him. In big games as well against Ajax, Feyenoord and PSV, finding a net. He's two wins over Ajax, he scored in both of them. And he's a big game player. You've seen it when he made his Netherlands debut against Estonia. He, he came off the bench and he's a live wire and he scored a great goal as well. Um, I think he's going to be a massive prospect for, for Netherlands in the next few years. I think he'll be in the Euro squad um, next year. Definitely, I think he'll be a wild card for Ronald Koeman off the bench and... Um, yeah, there's no wonder that a lot of the top clubs are, are circling him at the moment because he's showing so much potential right now. He's only just turned 19 and he's a striker that could be banging in goals for, for years to come. I think the question remains with Boadu though is, will he make a transfer this summer or do you think that he'll stay with RZ? I guess Champions League football is a bit of, um, bit of a, 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 a deal breaker in this decision that he might have to make though. But the worry is, at the moment, he's doing really well. But if he makes transfer now and then doesn't get the games, he could quickly lose all that potential that we're talking about. Yeah, I think he's a player that definitely needs another year at AZ, at least. Um, he's only just turned 19. He can't let it go to his head and look at the reports of, say, Barcelona looking at him. Um, yeah, I think if he was going to make a move, then it would have to be to somebody like you know, PSV, who just don't have the money to sign him. Um because he'd be a starting striker there. You know, Ajax as well, if he went there, would he be a starting striker? Hopefully, um, if 
you know, they dropped Tadic back to the wing. Bodu can make the move there, but you know, AZ aren't going to sell to Ajax or PSV this summer, and it's going to take a lot of money to, to get him, and it's going to be a, a club like Barcelona, and he's not ready to play regular for them right now. So staying put at AZ is definitely the best thing for his development right now. And finally, our number one is PSV's Mohamed Ihataran. What a, a, a young midfielder he is at 18 years of age. Someone who is so important for PSV's creativity at the moment. Their other attacking midfielders and strikers just don't have um, the quality that he possesses. And I, I think that it, it's, it was almost a simple choice putting him at number one. And I wonder if anyone who disagrees with us can make a strong case for anyone else to be um, the number one in this list. Because, yeah, I, I think for me, he's someone who seems so driven. And again, we talked about um, Nori a little bit earlier. And he's another player who, for me, reminds me of him just because he's so technically gifted and so, so creative to spot a pass from anywhere. I think if you put him in any team, he could be the creative heartbeat of it. But that's how exciting I think he is already. Yeah, I mean, words, you know, can't describe some of the performance he's been for, for PSV this season. You know, they've had a, a bad campaign, but, you know, when you're 17, 18 and you're the standout and most important player for, for PSV, you've got to have something about you and I think he's you know, the most exciting talent in their division this, this season he's got he should be winning and um, young player of the year for me he's been sensational for for PSV and his passing ability his dribbling ability he can score goals he can take set pieces he can take free kicks everything about him at such a young age is, is so good and you know PSV are, are lucky to have him and it's such a, a relief area the season when he came out and said that he was going to represent Netherlands, and now that's that just shows you how, how good he was when he was just making his debut. That there was such a worry that you know Morocco were going to steal him, and mm -hmm. it's, it's front page news everywhere when he decided to to choose Netherlands. And it's goes to show you that how good he is. That Ronald Koeman's already talking about him being you know a starter for for Netherlands in press conferences before he said that the right wing position at the moment is is up in the air and. Hataran is one of the options he's got for, for playing there. You know, it's not his position that he'll want to play um, all his career. He's want to probably move into the number 10 position where he can make a big impact, like uh, Wesley Schneider. That's how good he could be for the Netherlands national team. Um, but even at the right wing, he can dribble pass plays, he can spot passes, he can cross the ball. Yeah, it's just a talent that's got everything um, going forward for him. And he's got such a a screwed on head about him as well. You know, I've read countless articles about him where his, his family make him make sure he's not, you know, getting too ahead of himself and he, he makes the right decisions and I think he's gonna stay at PSV for at least another couple of years. They have a good relationship with his with his agent is Mino Raiola again. That's a worry, but you know, I have a good relationship with him and I don't think that uh, he'll be trying to force a move to any big club anytime soon, you know. You've already seen the likes of Manchester City, Barcelona, everyone linked to Ihatran because he is that good. But I think he'll be in Eindhoven for the next couple of years and they're basically going to build the whole squad around him because he's the most gifted player and most influential. He's he's making the sort of impact that you saw, you know, Afalai make when he first broke into the PSV side. I've seen, you know, when Snyder made his debut for, for Ajax, you know, the Van de Vaarts. This is the type of player we're talking about here. It's one that's going to be a top-class player for Netherlands 
for years to come because he's oh, he's so good. Yeah, is such a good comparison. I, he really reminds me of him when he came through at PSV. That kind of midfielder does so much for the the team. And I I watched um, Ihataran come through the the Netherlands youth teams with the under 17s, and he was put on the left wing, so he, he can play in the left wing, the right wing, and then attack in midfield. What, what do you think is his most influential position, Mike? You've talked about how he wants to play as a 10 in attacking midfield. Why do coaches keep putting him out on the wings then, in which case? It's not as if there's always a better player in the 10 position. Do you think that, that he's better as a, as a right winger or playing behind the striker? If it was me and I was I was coaching him out, potentially just give him a free roll in a number 10 position, just let him move basically wherever he wants and dictate play and, and find chances. I think that's where... He should be playing. I think that for Netherlands, he might get pushed down right wing in the basis because, you know, Kimmon has so many options and he doesn't want to drop, say, Ginny Wijnaldum at the moment for Ihatarin. But I think in the next couple of years, we'll see you know, Wijnaldum fall out the, the Netherlands squad and you know, they have such a, a capable replacement and one that's potentially a much better player going forward than, than Wijnaldum in a number 10 position. I think that this is a generational talent that only comes around every now and again and Netherlands need to nurture him and PSV need to nurture him and his family need to nurture him because he can't be making any silly decisions that are going to impact his career at this moment because he's making such waves at PSV. I think the next season we'll see him play constantly at number 10 for PSV and hopefully he will get game times for Netherlands and even if it is in the right wing position he's such a attacking outlet that he can impress there as well um, but going forward once we see Wijnaldum retire and um, there's no number 10 that I want to see more in his position than in the high hatter. Uh, that completes our list anyway of the top 30 um, Dutch teenage talents that are going around at the moment. So many fantastic young players there and our top 5, top 10 players are sure to make an impact with the top best clubs in, in Europe. Again, let us know in the comments or on Twitter, who you think is your top 10, or you can do a top 30 of the best um, Dutch teenage talents. Thank you if you've made it this far um, in, in listening to this sort of podcast that we're doing. And again, drop us a like if you enjoyed it. Um, I'd like to also thank Mike for joining me for this. And yeah, we, 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 we enjoy doing this kind of ranking as well. And we know that it's a very difficult choice. But for now, um, thanks for listening. And We'll release some more stuff soon.